0: So if you are an up and coming athlete that is trying to build the career of your dreams, make sure you're following along this show, make sure you go subscribe on the YouTube channel, on the podcast and everywhere else you can. And now let's get number to the- one. Um, this question is something that I get a lot, but the first question that I got was what to train. Uh, sorry. The first question that I got is do you have to run to get in shape? Now, couple of things with this guys, The combat sports world, I don't know how we haven't evolved beyond this, but you do not have to run to get in shape for fighting. You just don't. Is it a way that you can get in shape for fighting? Yes. And for some reason, actually, I was talking to one of my athletes about this and he said he feels like he'll watch a lot of, you know, the comment sections on videos and things where I talk about that. And he said. It's almost like people think that when I say you don't have to run and you can build your conditioning in other ways, people take that as me saying you can't run and running's bad for you and it's going to hurt you, which is not what I'm saying. You do not have to run to get in shape because guys, the goal of the running that you're doing is building the aerobic conditioning you need for your fights. And if the aerobic conditioning you need for your fights is built, you're going to see more success in your fights. And yes, you can build that going for runs if that is what you want to do, but you can build that on a bike. You can build that with circuit training. You can build that with the ski machines, the row machines, like whatever else you need. It does not have to be running. And again, this isn't me telling you you can't run. This isn't me telling you not to run. It's just that the goal of the running is the aerobic condition you get that comes back to fighting. Now, one of the reasons that you should avoid it more is because running is high impact on the body. And so every step you take, you're putting pressure on your knees, you're putting pressure on your ankles, you're putting pressure on your hips. Now, yes, if you go for one run, probably not going to feel that that much in your knees, your ankles, your hips, whatever. If you're running often and you start to develop pain in the knees, pain in the ankles, pain in the hips, whatever else it might be, don't keep doing it and keep causing yourself pain. Instead, switch up the conditioning work that you're doing, get on a bike, take that impact out of the body, continue to build the conditioning you need without putting the same level of impact to your body. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's not the exercise, it's the output. So you can get that output doing other things instead of just trying to get it, instead of sticking with this mentality of I have to do a certain amount of miles a week to be able to succeed in a fight. Now, question number two is what muscles do I need to train and how often? So there's no perfect way to answer this. And I'm gonna come back to, again, what I, a little bit of what I was saying there with the last question, which is there's not any specific exercise that you need to be doing. It's not, you know, you need to run, you need to do back squats, you need to do whatever. The goal is the output. The goal is getting stronger. And the way that you get stronger, progressively overload the muscles over time. Now, the big thing with this question, what muscles do I need to train and how often, is that's going to vary depending on the person. If you have super strong legs already, you probably don't need to do a shit ton of strength training for the legs. It still needs to happen. You still need to keep it consistent, but you don't need to do it every single day. And this also depends on what your goals are. Are you... Trying to fight soon? Is it going to be a long time until you fight? Like, where are you at in your year? The consistent, the way that I always do it with my athletes is it's about consistency more than about the actual specific volume. So if you can be consistent with two to three strength days per week, you don't need more. You know, will you potentially get stronger faster than like, yeah, maybe. But if that lifting is now taking away from your skills training... You getting stronger faster isn't helpful because you're not getting the skill work in that you need. So it's about finding the balance. And that two to three sessions per week is the balance that I've found strikes really well with a lot of my athletes because you're training hard when you go do your fight training. So if you're training hard at your fight training, you're training hard in your strength and conditioning, you don't need to do it every single day. And that two to three days a week balance of full body sessions, so two to three exercises for the lower body, two to three exercises for the upper body with, depending on the point of the season, some plyometrics, some sprint work and stuff like that in there is going to make good progress in the strength training, but not be so much that you're going to take away from the skill work and you're going to be able to find the right mix of both. All right. Uh, Number three is a question that I saw actually get dropped again in uh, in the chat here. So... If I run two miles at the highest pace I can and then take a five to 10 minute break and then do the 12 second on 48 second rest sprints that I've posted on my page before, does that do any good for the anaerobic system or should I wait longer? So guys, when I talk about training the anaerobic system, do the things that I put in those videos, period. Like you don't need to add anything to it. You don't need to change anything. Like do that because... If you run two miles at the highest pace you can and then take a break and then do that sprint session, like, is it going to help? Sure. But after doing that two miles at the highest pace you can, you're going to take away a lot of that energy. And if you take away a lot of that energy, you're not going to get as much from that anaerobic session. So don't do the two miles before. If you're trying to build your anaerobic system, do what I put in the videos. Like I put those videos together literally with the workouts that I use with the athlete, like with my athletes. You don't need to do a two mile run to add to it because like why are you adding it if you're trying to build the anaerobic system do anaerobic work like it's it's that simple so no do not add to it like will that still help the anaerobic system yes but not as much as just doing the anaerobic work so if you are trying to build your anaerobic system do anaerobic work all right The last two questions here, we're getting into a whole new side of my business, which I'm very excited for, which is teaching athletes how to, excuse me, we're getting into a new side, which is teaching athletes how to live more sustainably faster out of their careers. So number, the next question is any tips on how to get sponsors? And guys, the first thing you need when it comes to getting sponsors is you need a presence online. Now, is it gonna be a be all end all like is it possible to get sponsors if you're not posting on social media? Yes, but you gotta think about it this way: If a company is looking to sponsor an athlete and they look at you and you have a couple hundred instagram followers, you don't really you're not really active on there. you don't post about anything or whatever, and then they look at another athlete who has five thousand Instagram followers is posting three or four times a week talking about uh talking about you know their the sponsors that they have already. Who do you think that company is going to want to invest their money in? You, when you're not active on there, you're not followed by a lot of people, you don't really have a lot going on, or the other person who's active on there talks about the sponsors that they have already and has a following, so it's going to get them in front of more people. They're going to want to go with that person nine times out of 10. So the first thing you need if you want to get more sponsors is you need to show the sponsors that it's going to be beneficial to sponsor you. Right, Something that I talk about quite a bit is I see athletes post things online when they're trying to get sponsors, and it's basically they're throwing up a post saying, looking for sponsors for my next fight, DM me for more information. And guys, when you say that, what you're essentially saying is, hey, business owners, DM me so that I can tell you how much of your money I want. I don't know about you, but I work hard for my money, and I'm not really looking to give it away. Now, if you post something that says that says something valuable for me, like if you post something and you say, "Hey, looking uh, like are you a business that's looking to get your brand in front of another?" and then you give the the amount of people that your account reaches every thirty days. So, as an example, my account over the last thirty days has reached eighty seven point seven thousand people. So, if I was an athlete, I wouldn't be saying. DM me for more information, I would be saying, hey, are you a business that could benefit from getting in front of 87,000 people over the next 30 days? If so, DM me to see how I can help you do that. Because now any business that's struggling with getting exposure on social media is going to go, oh shit, 87,000 people over the next 30 days, I want in, right? You lead with value. You lead with telling them what they actually are going to get from sponsoring you. And by doing that, you're going to catch more attention. You catch more attention. You're going to get more people that are interested. You get more people that are interested. You get more sponsors. So that's number one. Be present on social media. Actually be active on there. Start posting. Start putting your name out there more. Number two, when you're actually asking for sponsors, lead with value. Tell them what you can do for them. Don't lead with, I'm looking for sponsors, and then get them to do the work by DMing you. All right. And the last one, this is an interesting question because um, it wasn't posed directly as a question, but it was something that I was talking about the other day. And so this athlete was asking me about posting as an amateur because I talk a lot about athletes posting on social media, building their followings, all of that. This athlete basically said, I don't feel like I have the right to do that yet because I don't feel like I've earned it since I'm still an amateur. Guys that's a limiting belief and when i say limiting belief basically you know who cares you're not posting saying hey i'm the greatest fighter on the planet and you know everybody should bow down to me you're posting saying hey this is part of my journey so the way to get around that mentality if you're an amateur athlete and you do want to start using social media trying to get some sponsors trying to put yourself out there but you struggle with that mentality of not feeling like you've earned it the biggest thing i would tell you is just talk about your journey. Post things talking about how training is going. Post things talking about, you know, different skills you're working on. Post things talking about the struggles that you're dealing with. Post things breaking down UFC fights that are coming up. You know, even if you're an amateur fighter and you have three fights under your belt, there would be some people that would be interested in learning, you know, what your thoughts are on the next UFC, the next UFC card that are coming up. Right. So it's like when you're trying to build that presence, don't just think, Well, I haven't earned it yet. Like, just talk about you, be yourself. And just by being yourself and not trying to claim that you're something that you're not, if somebody doesn't like it, honestly, fuck them. Like, I have a ton of people every single day that I still get comments and DMs basically telling me that I'm full of shit, telling me that I'm an idiot, calling me this or that. And like, that just means they're not my people. But also, for every one of those DMs or one of those comments that I get, I get five or 10 more complimenting what I'm doing, talking about how great it is, talking about the success that I've helped them see, right? So it's like when you start being active on platforms like this, like, yeah, you're going to have people hate on you for it. You're going to have people talk shit. But if they're spending their time focusing on you and you're spending your time focusing on you, who do you think's going to win? Right. I'm gonna let that one sink in. I'm gonna say it one more time. If they spend their time focusing on you and you spend your time focusing on you, who do you think is gonna win? You. All right. So basically, stop paying attention to them. Do you focus on you and focus on creating your focus on creating yourself? Your it's your life, right? They don't need to get it. They don't need to like it. You need to focus on you. All right, guys, those are the questions that we had, but I'm gonna scroll through and I'm gonna answer a few more from the comments on Instagram as well. All right. How many strength days a week shall we have? I answered that one already. So we are going to scroll down. See a couple of my athletes tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Okay, a couple more questions. How to get rid of knee and ankle pain. I ran six miles for three days straight and I'm really having pain. Stop running six miles three days in a row. So based off of the stuff that I've talked about in this podcast already, if you are running all the time and you are getting pain in your knees and ankles, stop running like you do not need it to get in shape for fighting. Do the cardio that you're doing on a bike. And also, guys, the other part of that, too, is you don't need to do cardio sessions every fucking day. You're already doing your fight training. You're doing MMA work or boxing or whatever it is you're specifically doing. GH underscore two fly. So stop doing cardio every single day, stop running every single day because what's happening that knee and ankle pain that you're developing is repeated like repeated impact on your body. And because you're giving this repeated impact on your body and those tissues are starting to do da- like you're starting to do damage to those tissues, but instead of resting, you're running 6 miles again. Because in your head you're thinking the more I run, the better my conditioning is going to be but you can have the greatest conditioning in the world. If your knees and ankles are all locked up and in pain, you're not gonna fight well anyway, right? So get off the fucking road, let your body rest, and then get back on a bike instead where you're not gonna put the same impact to your body and do your cardio there. I hope that helps. Um, all right, uh, where should I start MMA, boxing or jujitsu? Honestly, you're gonna need both. I, I'm not a skills coach, so I'm not going to give like very deep advice on this. But whenever I hear questions like this, guys, you don't want to leave a hole in your game. Right. Like people always like I hear a lot of people say like wrestling is the best base because they look at like a guy like Khabib that, you know, he was able to just dominate everyone with his wrestling. But then you look at a guy like Israel Adesanya, who had like he won how many fights in a row? He was like 20 and 0 at one point. Longtime reigning middleweight champion. His background was kickboxing and he was one of the most dominant fighters in the world. Right? So it's like a guy like that. So it's like, you're gonna, if you are going to become a dominant athlete, it's not going to be because you're a wrestler or because you're a striker. It's going to be because of you. So boxing or jujitsu personally, I wouldn't say one or the other is like the place to start do both. Like, start doing some classes. Start learning. Start developing, and let yourself find your style over time. All right, going to keep scrolling down. Heavyweight. What are your thoughts on heavyweight bag training? Um, I don't like. Are you like? Are you talking about heavy bag training? If that is what you're talking about, I'll answer that. Um, I think it's useful. But I think a lot of people don't use it correctly. What I see a lot of athletes do or what I hear a lot of athletes do when it comes to hitting the bag is they just say they're like at the end of every session I do I hit the bag for 30 minutes or hit the bag for an hour. And more volume put in does not create a better result. It's not necessarily going to hurt, but instead what you should do when it comes to this type of training is put intention behind the work you're doing. If athlete a is hitting the bag for an hour after every practice that they do but they don't have a plan for that time that they're hitting a bag and athlete b is doing it for 30 minutes but they have a specific plan of i'm working on these three combinations or i'm working on my jab or i'm working on you know like a specific thing that they're working on during that 30 minutes even though they're doing half the time they are going to get way better results way faster and i would put my money on athlete b beating athlete a just based off of that training alone you get what i'm saying less time with a more concentrated effort is going to be better than more time just focused on working hard uh where am i based out of i live in calgary alberta uh but i was born in ottawa ontario And I mean, like people are talking about (laughs) people are talking about superior grappler decides whether the fight stays on the ground or standing up. And don't get me wrong. Like, I understand there are arguments behind it. But at the same time, if the superior striker can develop the takedown defense to stop the superior grappler, like there's there's all these areas. All my point is, is if you're newer to the sport, if you are if you haven't started training yet, you just need to start training and then develop the base in everything. And then you can find your style. You know what I mean? I understand there's arguments to it. I'm not going to try to tell anybody that their thoughts on it are wrong. But in my view, if you haven't started training yet, you just got to like, you got to get into it. You got to start working. You got to start moving. Like so many people spend so much of their time focused on, I need to do it perfect, that they just delay actually taking any action. But my other piece of advice on that would be make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Because if you're not surrounding yourself with the right people, it doesn't matter if you start with wrestling or boxing. You need the right team around you to teach you the right things and push you in the right direction. Uh, And I mean, yeah, scariest thing is being a wrestler with no stand up, fighting a striker with good takedown defense. I can imagine that, too. Right. There's like there's arguments that can go either way with that. Uh, Let's see. We've got time for one more well, we got time for one more question. How do we know when to start with two or three workouts a day? So, guys, this is an interesting one, too, because I'm not going to sit here and hate on people who do two-a-days or three-a-days or anything like that. But I'm going to talk to you. What I'm going to say to you on this one, how do you know when to start with two or three workouts a day, is, again, it's about intention. If you do three workouts a day and you don't have proper plans for those workouts – they're not going to be as useful as somebody else doing one workout a day that has a very concentrated plan for what they're trying to achieve in that workout right and i have nothing against doing multiple training sessions in a day but the other side of that is if in your head you're like i need to train three times a day because i'm going to be you know the hardest worker and i'm going to rise to the top and all of this then if you're not recovering well you can do three workouts a day for your whole training camp but if you're not recovering well and then your body hurts, you're worn out, you're burnt out, you're still not going to fight well. So it's not, I'm never going to tell someone not to train more than once in a day, but I'm also never going to tell someone that they need to train more than once in a day. Because the goal of training is to succeed in the fight. So I'm not like there is no time for me to say, OK, you need three sessions a day. You never need three sessions a day is it necessarily a bad thing absolutely not i'm not going to tell someone not to do it but don't think i need to be in the gym three times today think what am i working on and how is it helping me succeed when i compete you know what i'm saying more hours put in does not create a better result better work put in creates a better result all right so guys that is it that is all <laughs> and jsp mma exactly that's why it's called mixed martial arts there's always different arguments when it comes to that stuff so guys that is it that is all i appreciate you all for taking the time to tune in i appreciate honestly this like i said is one of my favorite things to do with my week i appreciate you all for taking the time to tune in i appreciate all the questions i hope you all have a fantastic friday and i look forward to seeing you all on the next episode next week and next week i'm actually going to be in vegas Um, so timing the episodes might be a little bit off, but my plan is still to put out five episodes next week, as I always do. Uh, but the times might be a little bit random. I appreciate you all again. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Friday and I will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the elite development podcast. Now remember information without execution is useless.